The word of God today is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 1 to 13. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted resisted to the point of shedding your blood, and you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as children. My child, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. Do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes everyone he accepts as child. Endure hardship as discipline, God is treating you as children. For what children are not disciplined by their parents? If you're not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate and not true children. Moreover, we have all had human parents who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? Our parents disciplined us for a little while, as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees, Make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. This is the word of the Lord. Morning, everyone. Nice to see you, whether you're sitting here on our wooden chairs, or you're at home on your oh-so-comfy couch. Have you ever come to church and everybody seems full of the joys of spring and you're not? You've got no joy, no comfort, no hope. You're fighting battles within and without and the last thing you need is some cheerful chappy's sunny demeanour. You're in a dry place, a spiritual desert, barely hanging on. If that's you today, as we look at Hebrews chapter 12, God might just provide some help. Our autumn series is about growing, growing in our front line, growing to be more like Jesus. We've seen how growth is affected by our choices, how growth is affected by our desires, and how growth is affected by our emotions. But today we're going to consider 
going deeper in tough times. How do you grow when things look bleak? How do you grow in the bleak midwinter? Chapter 12 opens with encouragement. What has gone before? Well, yes, chapter 11 has gone before. The chapter on the heroes of faith. They are to inspire us as they went through tough times. And so we are to throw off the things that entangle us. We are to run with perseverance and we are to fix our eyes on Jesus. And we're to do it because there's a problem. And the problem is in verse three. The problem is this. We can grow weary and lose heart. We can grow weary and lose heart. Life can be hard, painful, full of disappointments. And we can be tempted to echo the psalmist's frustration. Why bother? We grow weary and we lose heart. Winter is a dark place. It's a cold place. Do you remember as we started this series, Anita introduced us to her apple tree? Do you remember that? My guess is that if we were all to squeeze into Anita's garden this morning, you'd probably notice that the apples have gone. And I dare say the leaves are not far behind. Within days, that tree, to all intents and purposes, will look dead. Over winter, devoid of light, devoid of warmth, one thing will keep it going keep it nourished. One thing will keep it standing against winter's storms. What's that? It's roots. Good roots mean survival and flourishing. Poor roots, and it becomes vulnerable. It's like the parable of the sower. The seed sown in rocky places couldn't survive. No roots. So how do you get good roots? How do you get those roots to grow and become strong? A man called Parnell Bailey recalls visiting an orange grove in California. The irrigation pump had broken down. It was hot, it was dry, and some of the trees were wilting and others beginning to die through lack of water. The man giving the tour then took Bailey to his own orchard. Irrigation there had been used sparingly, and the trees were flourishing. He said, when the trees were young, I frequently kept them dry. This hardship caused them to send their roots deeper down into the soil in search of moisture. Now mine have the deepest roots in the area, and while others are being scorched by the sun, mine are finding moisture at great depth. Do you see how the roots were strengthened? They were strengthened through adversity. Roots grown in adversity built their resilience. And it's in our adversity that our roots grow too. Winter is our season of adversity. And that adversity comes in different formats for each of us. For some, our adversity is the anxiety and the stress with which we live, or perhaps our financial uncertainty. 
For some, our adversity is the loneliness that we live in or the struggle we have with lost relationships. For some, it's the pain we live with day by day. For some, it's just a feeling of hopelessness, purposelessness. The cause of adversity may be different, but for all of us, the temptation is to grow weary and to lose heart. If we can muster a prayer at all, it's most likely to be the psalmist's prayer. Where are you, God? Why don't you deliver me? I've had enough. Do something. And what do we get in response? Nothing. Our problems persist. The situation doesn't change. Nothing changes. But we're looking in the wrong place for change. Hebrews 12 is here to teach us that. We are looking for changes in our circumstances, but God is looking for changes in our heart. God wants to use our circumstances, unpleasant as they are, to change us, to mature us, to make us holy, to grow our roots. Verse 7 says, endure hardship as discipline. A parent uses discipline. Discipline to grow and mature their children. God uses your winter experience to grow your roots, to strengthen you, to teach you, to change you. As a loving father, he's got a purpose for you. And he tells us that in verse 10. He says he wants you to share his holiness. Verse 10 says, Moreover, we have all had human parents. They disciplined us for a while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we might share in his holiness. That's his purpose, to make you holy. Your hardship, your endurance, your perseverance, it's the road to you becoming holy. In other words, to becoming like Jesus. This discipline is an act of love. It's not because you've done wrong, but it's the process of maturity. And it's how God treated Jesus. God disciplined Jesus. Now, wait a minute, Nigel. Have you gone off your theological trolley here? Jesus was sinless. He didn't need disciplining. Well, read Hebrews 5, verse 8, which says... Jesus, although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. Jesus learned obedience from what he suffered. Jesus went through the same as you, the same process of holiness as you do. Through the winter of suffering, God prepared Jesus for what lay ahead, just as he prepares you to share in his holiness. Listen to the psalmist, Psalm 119, verse 67. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. You see that? He learned from suffering. That's when his roots grew. 
In the hard times, God can open his heart to you in a way that in the hustle and bustle of life, you would never see. For me, 2003 was such a time. We'd just become empty nesters because our daughter had got married. And overnight, very suddenly, we lost Belinda's mother. And I lost my job. And with others, I stepped down from leadership in the church. Within a few months, everything in my life had changed. My reference points had gone. My purpose had gone. The paradigm of my future had been thrown up in the air. And I felt upended uprooted. Was it an easy time? No. Did I want any of that to happen? No. Well, apart from my daughter getting married. What did I learn? What was the end result? Well, to begin with, the world seemed to stop. It's that feeling that you have when someone close to you dies. You feel the whole world has stopped. And in that space, I felt God teaching me that he was in control. That I should be dancing to his tune rather than him dancing to my tune. God wasn't somebody that I corralled onto my team to do my bidding. He was someone to whom I needed to submit, to listen, to follow. Through that, I learned a sense of peace. Everything was in God's hands. I didn't need to be in control. Indeed, it had become blatantly apparent to me that I wasn't in control of anything. And God began to reveal to me new values, new purposes, new priorities. He gave me a heart for those who are suffering injustice. He gave me a heart to teach God's word. He gave me a heart to support those who are dispossessed. In the winter, in the storm, in the dead of night, when the winds and waves lash us, that's when God calls us. He calls us by name. He calls us out. He calls us to step out in faith. He calls us as he did with Peter walking on the water to follow him into the most unlikely of places. Because this is a father doing what the father does. He's preparing us. He's equipping us. He's directing us. He's purifying us. He's setting us on a course. He's giving us a purpose. He's making us more like him. He's making our heart reflect his heart. He's giving us roots. So if you're in the winter season now, let your roots grow. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Be open to him so that you don't grow weary and lose heart. And two practical things to help you through winter. Two things to help your roots grow. First, Accept the love of others. Accept the love of others. It's easy to become cut off. Let others in. Don't turn in on yourself. 
either through fear or through self-pity. Allow others to show their love to you. Be accessible. Be approachable. It's easy to stop coming to church. It's easy to stop coming to where you can be encouraged and supported. So be courageous. Be in a place where you can be shown love and you can show the love of Jesus to others. Perhaps do something a bit different. Maybe you could come to Open Church on Tuesday here at 10.30. Or plan next month to come to our Warm Space Cafe on Thursdays from 11 o'clock. Be accessible. Be helped. Allow others in. And as you are helped, so help others. Which brings me to my second point. Pass on some love. It may be winter, but pass on some love. Reach out and show love to others. Bless as you are blessed. Last week, my granddaughter, who's 13, had a difficult week at school. And my daughter, her mum, took her down the road here to mock her, to have a drink and a chat. And my granddaughter was upset and tearful. And the lovely waitress noticed, noticed that she was upset and she came over to her and she said, I'm very sorry to see that you're upset. I'd like to give you something to help you feel better. Wasn't that nice? Our, after a bit of discussion, she gave her a lovely chunk of millionaire's shortbread, free, to take home. On the way home, walking past Sainsbury's, they came across the lady selling the big issue. You probably know her. After a brief discussion, my granddaughter asked the lady if she would accept the gift of her millionaire's shortbread. When things are tough, accept love and pass it on. Grow your roots in times of adversity. Allow yourself to be loved and pass on some love. Annie Johnson Flint was a hymn writer. She was born in 1862 in New Jersey, but age six, both of her parents died and she was adopted. As a teenager, she developed arthritis and was unable to walk, but her one joy was playing the piano and composing music. But soon the arthritis made that impossible too. But instead of being bitter, she turned to writing poetry, some of which has made itself into our hymn books. And one hymn is, He Giveth More Grace. I want to read you two verses, and I want you to listen to a suffering heart that is growing roots. He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added affliction, he addeth his mercy. To multiplied trials, <coughs> his multiplied peace. <coughs> Excuse me. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed ere the day is half done, when we reach the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's full giving is only begun. 
His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't grow weary and lose heart, but grow roots in adversity. Allow yourself to be loved and pass that love on. Let's pray together. Father God, you know the hearts of each one of us here this today. You know just how I am. And it's often very different from what others see. Father, in the experiences of life that I'm going through at the moment, Lord, I pray I might keep my eyes on you. Father, help me to grow. Help me to learn through the experiences through which I'm going. Help me to learn more of your heart. Help me to experience more of your giving. Help me, Lord, to become more like Jesus. Lord, I open myself to you. Come and minister your love into my heart through your word, through my brothers and sisters in Christ. And allow me, even in this winter period, to be able to pass your love on to others. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.